So, you're hiring a software engineer. In Seattle and San Francisco, the tech industry is booming, with hundreds of new employees coming in at a rapid pace. Innovators, intellects, coders, and creators gather at the best and brightest companies to give their shot at contributing to the next big thing in the tech world. But who decides which people get to be a part of it all? The answer is the hiring managers. Welcome to Straight From The Source. I'm your host, Ella Alter. In this podcast, we interview all the executives who have the job of hiring software engineers in the cutthroat competition that is the tech industry. The hiring managers we talk to share their secrets, from creative approaches to closing new hires to effective communication with recruiting teams, and all the interview insights in between. From expert hiring managers to you, we get it straight from the source. Okay, so let's get started. I'm here today with Michael Galloway, a senior engineering manager at Netflix. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you. Before we get to our questions, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. So my name is Michael Galloway, Senior Engineering Manager at Netflix. Uh, I've been here for about a year and a half now, I guess. Um, Prior to Netflix, uh, a little while back, I used to work uh, as a, a senior engineer, actually, at Yahoo. And about 2008, uh, I left Yahoo for a startup uh, that I did for about five years. We got acquired, and I went on to um, being a, a director role at a company called Moxie, uh, where we did enterprise software. I built out the team there, uh, and as a result of some of the work that I did, um, ended up deciding to come back to uh, consumer-facing products uh, and work at the fantastic company um, called Netflix. Awesome. Thanks for the introduction. It sounds like you have some great experience, and we're really looking forward to asking you some questions. To get started, I just wanted to mention something that I saw on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, When discussing your leadership experience and your leadership style, you mentioned that you're a believer in people over process. Can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about that and what it means in terms of hiring and building engineering teams? Well, you know, this is actually an interesting question, um, and I wish I would have been the originator of that term. Um, You will actually find it. uh, It's one of the uh, core uh, aspects of the Agile Manifesto, actually. But um, beyond just even that, uh, what I mean, and I I think what uh, was actually probably meant in the Agile one as well, uh, it comes down to making sure that you don't uh, use process as a crutch to uh, to, to manage um, people that are, are frankly misplaced or, or are not really well suited for the roles that they're in. Um, it, it, when you hire people that are passionate and professional, uh, there is no amount of freedom that you can give them that would uh, uh, cause them to go off the rails or, or, or perform badly. And so when you look at building out a team and when you look at how you should hire, uh, you need to think about how much you are, you are enforcing uh, process as a, as a crutch to, to, to solve problems for people that may just not be well-suited for the role that they're in. Okay, great. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think a lot of people don't always think about hiring as a two-way street. So it's important to make sure that not only is the person talented, but you know they're right for the role. So when you're sourcing candidates and building an engineering team, how do you go about finding candidates that you think are a good fit for your team specifically? So one of the most important things when you're actually looking at hiring is uh, you have to consider that anybody that you bring into a team 
uh, affects the team dynamics, and and you need to be uh, intentional about uh, your approach to that. And what I mean by that is you should step back and take a look at what is it that your team is missing today, um, not just in skill set, but also I would say in uh, uh, either leadership or, or communication skills. Um, it really depends on what it is that your vision for your team is uh, and what you see as the direction you want to go. So when you're hiring uh, for, for people, you need to be uh, factoring in how you, how you see them either raising your team or uh, uh, bringing in some other um, uh, aspect of, uh, that, that you do not currently have today. For example, usually you'll have an engineering team that's composed of some kind of combination of uh, um, you know, front-end or back-end talent. If you're looking at a, a web-based uh, services, uh, you might have people who are more focused on databases or maybe even potentially people who are dedicated to architecture. Um, many companies, I know it, it's become a little bit out of fashion to have um, QA, I still believe strongly in having um, a quality role. Uh, and then you'll also see you know, this concept of DevOps or other types of operations roles. So you can have these people dedicated on a role basis, but you're also needing, you, you also need to consider um, the, the, the personality uh, that, that's going to come into it too. What kind of team do you have? Do you have a team that, that uh, likes to break off into small groups and innovate around ideas? Is it a team that is heads down and likes to implement um, with uh, more detailed uh, requirements or guidelines? Do you have a team that uh, uh, enjoys um, uh, spending time uh, brainstorming for uh, a few hours in the morning or in the afternoons? What kind of team do you have? What kind of team do you need uh, for the challenges that you're going to face in front of you? And so that not only informs you on the technical skill, which I think is more the easy side of, of what you tend to look for, but it also helps you helps guide you when you're interviewing candidates uh, to look for those uh, personality or characteristics that that uh, that you you really want to seed into your team. Yeah, definitely. It seems like maybe during interviews, behavioral questions might be a little more important to you than the technical side. Do you have a favorite behavioral interview question that really gives you a good idea of somebody's attitude and whether or not they'll fit with the rest of your team? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, I, I don't want to discount the technical. You have to have a technical bar, but it really does depend on whether if you're looking for somebody who's junior, uh, from a technical bar standpoint, I would say that you want to make sure that they have the foundations that you're looking for. And on the behavioral side, you want to, you, you want to ask them questions that relate to uh, how, they, how they've learned the things that they've learned today, how they deal with uh, um, if they've ever proposed an idea and had pushback um, on that and how did they deal with it. Um, uh, you know, uh, so you want to see you, what you're looking for is you're looking for that person that has that uh, uh, foundation, but then also that technical or the, excuse me, the behavioral characteristics that are going to really drive and compel them forward. Um, somebody that uh, essentially just learns uh, by osmosis tends not to be, um, I think, uh, as likely to grow as fast as you may want them to. Um, uh, whereas the people that tend to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail, but then keep uh, growing um, in their areas, those are the people that uh, that uh, tend to um, uh, put their whole heart into the work that they do and and and, and tend to grow much faster and uh, will yield um, um, uh, much bigger returns uh, than than somebody that takes the the role or job for granted or basically 
falls asleep for years uh, doing the same kind of implementation work. From a behavioral standpoint, uh, for more senior people, um, if you're looking more for an architect, um, I think one of the uh, one of the questions that I particularly like to ask, um, I like to find out. Um, I ask them again. It's similar to the, I guess the uh, the junior, but I ask them to tell me an initiative that they started or that they've proposed. Um, and usually they, uh, hopefully they have something. If they don't, that's actually a kind of a flag to me. Um, but I actually specifically look for um, areas where they've failed. Do they even bring up where they've failed? And if they've failed, uh, how do they handle that? And are they open about it? Do they recognize where they made a mistake? Um, and then usually the follow-up to that is, uh, what would you do differently next time? Especially when it comes to interactions with other people. Inevitably, uh, you need to either persuade or convince other people of something, uh, and we all fail. I failed several times today myself, <laughs> um, but do you understand why you failed? And, and sometimes you don't, but other times you do, and for sure there are, there are times that you need to be reflective and think back on the way you formulated your argument or how you approached them, or maybe even just the mood or time of day um, uh, that that uh, the, for the greater context. If you have none of that self-awareness, uh, you you tend to be somebody that um, ultimately will uh, be obstinate to any kind of um, uh, feedback, and and that's when people really start to fall down, uh, when they lose that humility and their ego gets in their way of of of, of you know growth. Yeah. So it seems like there are definitely some personality traits that you're looking for when you're hiring a software engineer. If you had to narrow it down to three, what would you say are the most important? Well, from a uh, from an overall trait, I mean, I, of course, from a skill set standpoint, you look for an engineering uh, skill. You look for uh, from the engineering side of things, I look for that methodical mind, yeah. somebody that um, that logically eliminates uh, possibilities until they get to um, at least a set of what could be done. Um, in fact, when you do the whiteboarding exercises, for example, I'm I'm less concerned that you get it right at the beginning. I'm more concerned if you don't see where your mistakes were as you're going through, um, or even just after you've finished the first run, which is almost always not the best approach to implementation and being able to step back and say, here's the edge cases. A lot of people just don't have that logical mind. Um, so that's a very important uh, skill set because it's core to anybody that can debug. Um, from a communication standpoint, uh, you should be less verbose than I am. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think that uh, being able to be concise and um, uh, being able to articulate uh, technical concepts uh, more plainly is, is extremely important. Uh, that one's more challenging for people, but I think that it, you, it, it's somewhat of a sign of your ability, your real deep understanding of something. It's very hard to take a complex topic and, and give a concise explanation for it, um, and, and that usually indicates your level of understanding of it. Um, and then I think there's a degree to which is a little bit of that, what everybody used to call the X factor, that, um, that, that drive, that motivation, um, and a little, bit, a little bit of ego. There does need to be a little bit of that, because at the end of the day, Software development is, is, is an art more than in a way it's a science. I mean, you're, you're every day creating something new. You're thinking of new answers to problems. Uh, you're maybe finding 
um, old ways of doing it and, and thinking a, a little bit differently. How does that, how could I optimize that? And that's, that's creativity. And whenever you do that, you should feel proud of it. And if it breaks or it doesn't work, you should feel compelled to fix it. And those are all signs of, of genuine um, attachment to your work. Yeah, definitely. And I think we talked a little bit about how to use behavioral questions to hone in on those traits that you're looking for. On the technical side, what do you find is the best way to test for ability and the different skill sets that you're looking for? I know it's kind of controversial. Everybody has a different way that they like to do it, whether it be in person, maybe using an online test. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I would say that there is no one way I've found that uh, stands head and shoulders above others. Um, you know, some people just don't whiteboard well. I know we all use whiteboards. We, I still do. Um, there is value in doing it. Um, but some people just don't, or the questions you ask are too, uh, may not just, may not resonate. Some people get that mental uh, stick. Um, so you have to make sure that however you are giving these questions or these technical challenges, you're able to spot uh, the difference between somebody who just doesn't understand what they're doing and somebody that is just mentally stuck at, for, some, for some reason. And part of that you can tell by the sophistication of the way that they approach the problem. You can tell by their methodical approach. Uh, you can tell usually pretty quickly if they uh, just jump immediately into implementation. That's always a bad sign. That's the number one thing I would tell anybody who goes for a technical interview. Do not jump in immediately. I almost always, uh, can, I, I can assure you almost every single interviewer uh, may not necessarily give you all of the context or all of the information you necessarily may need to solve that problem. You need to ask questions. You need to understand the bounds of the problem. Um, so the, the medium that you use, whiteboards or, or coding exercises online or even take-homes, I've done all of them um, they, I wouldn't say that I've found that they have dramatically differentiated the caliber of the one candidate over another in terms of how we filtered. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't have a, a guidance that I could provide on that. No, that's okay. I think your insights are really interesting because it really depends on the person, on the company, on the team. Not everybody's going to be the same. And I think that's an important point. How about on the recruiting side? When, before you even bring anybody in, you need to make sure that you're communicating with your recruiters. What, what do you need to do to be successful when your recruiters are sourcing for you and bringing you resumes? Well, uh, you need to have a, a strong relationship with the recruiter. The recruiter needs to really understand uh, what you're looking for. Uh, you need to, uh, so you need to have that. But I would say that you also need to understand that it'll take a little while to calibrate you know, initially you may be starting uh, your search for somebody that has six specific qualities, and you find as you are uh, interviewing that the people that you're interviewing, either, you know, maybe they, they have those qualities, but that's, that's close to actually what you need, but it may not be exactly what you need, or that, that they may be too weak in, in one of those six, and maybe that's not as important to the job, or maybe, uh, uh, so you, you have to calibrate what your needs are based off of uh, the candidate pool, based off of um, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the way people start interviewing um, with you. 
so that that's that's part of it. So you have to have a good relationship, I would say, with the recruiter uh, in in evolving that strategy. I think the other thing that you need is a recruiter that's that helps guide you. Where are uh, um, candidates that uh, would be best suited? They may not be in the companies you think that they're in. Uh, as an example, for a while, I was uh, really looking into um, candidates that would be uh, at startups um, and maybe have been. Uh, drifting for a little while at that startup. Um, it, that's a scary place to be as an engineer if you're at a small company and and they're struggling to get anywhere. And, and after a time, you kind of think, I need to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, I was looking for folks in those positions because often those people have that passion and that drive and have, have those battle scars that really give them the maturity that I look for for candidates in the roles that I try to fill. And they also often have uh, developed, um, because they've had to, the, the technical skill that gives them that strength. Uh, so having a recruiter have that kind of insight into the kinds of pools that maybe um, are less commonly thought of um, is, is, is something that's really important as well. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like, uh, based on some of the articles I've read that you've written on, on LinkedIn, that Netflix really has that down and you really know what you're looking for. You know, you said there are uh, qualities that people have when they work in startups that you find at Netflix, which is awesome because Netflix is also a big company. But if it feels like a startup, you know, people are always going to be excited about what they're doing. It's, a, uh, it's actually not the case that Netflix is as big as people may think. We're not mm -hmm. actually very big and we're 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 actually interestingly going after um, uh, you know a lot of the big guys right we're we're a fraction of the size of uh, Amazon or Google um, or Apple uh, and yet we are um, you know both a technology and a content company um, I would say that though the the statement about the the culture and the startup aspects uh, uh, that that I wrote about is very true um, the experience in Netflix has been, it's been great because it gives you that level of freedom and it really does exhibit that culture um, that uh, I found um, both in my startup and, and I'm able to, to drive here. Right. And I think maybe the misconception that you guys are so big just speaks to your success and the great hires in engineering that you've managed to, to build on your teams. Um, Thank you. Yeah. To wrap things up, I wanted to talk a little bit about What's the most rewarding part of building an engineering team? Maybe one of the highlights you've had as a hiring manager. Honestly, the, the greatest thing uh, as a manager is um, sitting in the back of the room when one of my engineers gives a presentation on an application that he built to a, a room full of people and uh, everybody's, you, you can feel the excitement about what he's done. And knowing that I had a, uh, a part in potentially um, helping him get there um, or even just uh, uh, providing the support that he needed uh, um, to accomplish that. Uh, there's nothing else like that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Do you have anything else you'd like to say before we stop recording? No, I, I think this is a, a, a lot of fun. I'm glad they, that there's um, uh, these kinds of conversations. I think it's really helpful for people um, to understand um, a lot about the hiring process, not just as engineering managers trying to hire or directors trying to hire, but also as somebody who may want to go work for uh, um, maybe Netflix or, or any other company. 
I think it's really valuable to understand what we look for and why we why we look for those qualities. And uh, I've found that often people don't necessarily think about that before they go into an interview. And it it's, it's, it, it really can make the difference between, you know, landing that job that you, you, you're so excited about and, and, and just and missing it. Definitely. And I think people will learn a lot from this. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Straight from the Source is brought to you by People Maven. People Maven helps hiring managers get recommendations for talented software engineers. Find us at www.peoplemaven.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to Straight From The Source. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We want to know what you think. See you next time.